1: Episode 49, is assisted living for you? Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien.
2: And I'm Katie Welsh.
1: All right, Katie, so assisted living, a topic that I'm not familiar with at all.
2: Yeah, I'm not super familiar with it either then. Thankfully, I've never had to put a grandparent or a parent into assisted living. Right. But I do know some of like the horror stories that have gone along with that kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting older and your parents getting older, grandparents getting older is a part of life. And I think that most people don't really know what they should or shouldn't be doing. You know, it's a topic where, you know, until you're in the position, you've got no
2: idea what to expect. (laughs) Yeah, and it is expensive.
1: It is an expensive exercise. And financially, like, you should be ready for it. Hopefully, your loved one has put together like some sort of a plan for um, when they get older, but if they haven't, it can put quite a burden on you.
2: Yeah. Well, thankfully, Jean today tells us a little bit, if you want to be creative, you can actually profit out of your parents getting older, your grandparents or whoever.
1: Right, should we dive right into our interview? Yeah. Awesome, let's
3: do it. Wealth- welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom.
1: Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have Gene Garrino with us. Gene is the founder of the Residential Assisted Living Academy and is regarded as the go-to expert in the residential senior housing space. Not only is Gene a CFP or Certified Financial Planner in the United States for over 20 years, he's also licensed in Australia for the past seven years. He has also spoken to over 300,000 people in five countries live from stage. In addition, Gene has written four books and hosted three radio shows of his own, Gene is a long-time entrepreneur with over 17 businesses in the past 39 years. Welcome, Welcome. Gene. Thank you.
3: It's such a pleasure to be here with you guys.
2: We're glad to have you. So since we're talking about uh, assisted living, uh, what is your favorite part about um, just getting older and the facts of life? (laughs)
3: <laughs> my, favorite so part that, Katie. Getting, <laughs> my favorite part about getting older personally is you get to you have a lot more excuses right oh i'm getting old i can't do that i'm joking <laughs> it, it's actually having grandkids of my own it's it's really fun having grandkids of my own all the benefits but none of the hassles <laughs> you gotta shake them up hand them back it's all good
2: <laughs> i feel that way too but i do it with aunt life instead of grandmother life
3: Ah,
1: you're auntie. I like it.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So what do you look forward to when you hit the golden years?
3: You know, I'm uh, 57, just had a birthday recently. So I'm um, already in my golden years. I'm just enjoying every moment of it. And I think everybody should, you never know how long we've got. So, you know, I think I know what you mean, golden years, somebody's 80 years old and so on. And I'm not looking forward to that, frankly. I mean, I'm in the business where we take care of people and If you don't take care of yourself and if you're not healthy, it's not a fun thing. So I'm looking forward to living a nice life, having a good time, being around family and friends and just enjoying every moment of it. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Fantastic. A lot of people get a little bit scared with the term assisted living. Could you maybe elaborate a little bit what we mean by that?
3: Yeah, most people, when you say assisted living, think of a big institution, a big brick building where it smells bad. And the moment you walk through the front door and, you know, you could put some barbed wire on the roof and it'd be a prison. So it could be that, but that's kind of the old school model. What we do is residential. You take a home in a neighborhood, in a nice neighborhood, and you convert it, make it safe for seniors. And then they live there assisted, meaning they have 24 hour care, not me, but caregivers in the home taking care of them.
2: Okay, so I know that now it seems like our parents or our grandparents are getting a little bit older. And I've had a couple of friends who they've been faced with what should they be doing with their parents who are a little bit older. And they don't know what to do. They don't know what to look out for. They don't know really anything about assisted living. What are some things that families should look for in finding a good facility to put some the, like their parent or a loved one
3: in? Great topic. Great question. And one of the most important things is the caregivers themselves. They're the ones that are spending the most time with mom or dad, grandma or grandpa. Uh, I think a lot of times, especially with the big boxes, I call it, the 200 bed, 300 bed facilities, the big box facilities, the kids who are 50, 60 and they're the ones who are responsible for mom or dad who's 80 or 90. The kids kind of get wowed by the eye candy. Look at this, mom. There's a movie theater and there's people to play bridge with and there's a dining hall. Mom just wants to be at home and she doesn't want to be in a hotel or an apartment. She wants to be in a home home. So the place that you're at, don't let it go to your head. No not get too, oh, I'm excited about the movies on Saturday night or the happy hour. It's the caregivers. Do they love the people? Do they Do they treat them with respect and how many are there in a big box facility? There might be one direct caregiver for 15 or 20 residents, but in a home like we have, it might be one caregiver for every five or six residents. So that caregiver ratio and do they really love them and care for them?
1: That's definitely something to look out for. So what would you say are some red flags that people should be cognizant of when they're looking for a facility?
3: One of the things that you should definitely do is tour. You go there, take a look, tour, and they're expecting you on that first one, so go and tour, they're gonna show you everything, smile on, everything is good, and then go back and visit, go back unannounced, uh, and. Number one, they're not expecting you. So when you walk in, what does it look like and feel like? Is it the same or is it different? And even go visit at night. And I don't mean midnight, but, you know, after hours where you have the nighttime staff there, see what they're all about or the weekend staff. Those are some of the things you can do to really uh, avoid issues, so the red flags would be: Wow, it's significantly different when they're not expecting me, or at night. That caregiver at night's not that nice. So those kind of things are the most important things I'd be looking for.
2: Okay, that that makes sense. So I know people always talk about how expensive mm-hmm. assisted living can be; it can drain a family. So. I know you can't give like an exact amount, but like ballpark, how much does it usually cost? What could a family kind oh, of anticipate?
3: Yeah. Number one is going to cost more than most people realize. So. The national average, and this is according to Genworth, they are a large insurance company. One of the things they offer is long-term care insurance. But Genworth.com has a great, uh, a lot of information, and it's $3,750 on a national basis. That's the average for a private room in assisted living. Now, that includes everything from Medicare, Medicaid to private pay. We focus on private pay. This is somebody who's not on Medicare or Medicaid, and they don't have a long-term care insurance policy it's just coming out of their own pocket whether it be the senior or the family so they're paying four five six thousand dollars per month so it is a lot of money and if somebody has a long-term care insurance policy that's a beautiful thing because that'll typically pay 150 200 300 per day for years and years of somebody's care and assisted living so we love that as homeowners if somebody has that private insurance we really don't focus on and accept Medicare, or Medicaid, because that might be a thousand or two thousand dollars a month. I really can't pay the proper amount to caregivers and give a good environment and home and, and service at those rates. I just can't do it. But at four or five, six thousand, we certainly can. There's plenty of money there to pay caregivers and feed them filet mignon and have a chef on staff if we want. But how does somebody afford that is a big, big question, and there are some solutions for it, but it's not cheap. Katie,
2: yeah. So you talked about insurance real quick. Mm-hmm. Can you what what is that called again?
3: Long term care insurance or LTC. Uh, there's companies Metropolitan, Genworth, and others out there that offer that. Years ago, somebody who bought that policy 40 years ago, they were paying a few thousand dollars a year for a benefit that would last a lifetime. Today, people, you can't even get that insurance that will last a lifetime. If you were to buy it today, it's probably going to cost you twice of the annual fee of what it did years ago. One. Number two, it's probably going to be for a benefit period of two years, maybe three years. The insurance companies got smart. They offered everything in the kitchen sink years ago, and now they're paying for it. People are living longer than they ever imagined. They're actually collecting on it when they thought they would pass away and never collect on it. And the cost of living increased. The rider that they had in the insurance policy kicked in, and at 3% a year, they may have paid for $100 a day, but 3% a year compounded, compounded for 30, 40 years. Now that person is getting $200, $300 a day and that is a lot of money. And we love that as care homeowners. We can charge the insurance policy the maximum amount. If it's 250 a day, we'll charge 250 a day.
1: So that kind of insurance, is that the kind of thing you as a younger person should start contributing to when you're younger? Would it be cheaper that way?
3: I'm going to give you an alternative solution. See, with I'm an owner-operator of these homes, and one of the things my wife and I both realized when we were doing our second home, having an open house, we're standing in the master bedroom of this beautiful home, just about to open it for others to come in and enjoy, and we looked at each other and we realized we could move right in to the master bedroom. Not today, but 30 years from now, when we need this help, we can move right in and it's free living in the master bedroom, being taken care of like kings and queens. And then when we pass away, the whole business is passed on to the kids so they can be earning tons of money. So instead of passing on a burden to the kids, it's a blessing. And instead of paying on an insurance policy, hoping that that company exists to pay for my care, Frankly, even if I had the insurance, if I'm living in that home, I could have the insurance company pay my business to live in that home. Now I'm double dipping and that's the best of all worlds. So get your own home and live for free.
1: That definitely makes sense. So would a caregiver live at your own home as such if you're kind of running it like a business?
3: Well, there's different models of staffing, and we have an academy, the Residential Assisted Living Academy, and we teach people the different models. One is live in, and that's what you're talking about. The caregivers, maybe it's a husband and wife, live in the house, and they take care of those residents. They sleep in the house, and they'll get up at night if they need to to take care of the resident, but that live-in caregiver is one way to do it. I do shift work. So somebody comes in at 630 in the morning and they're there for an eight or 12 hour shift and then somebody else comes in to replace them. So that shift work is another way of doing it. I think it's important for those caregivers to go home, relax, clear their mind, get a rest and come back in fresh for the next day. But you can do it either way. It's just a business decision. Either way works.
2: Okay. so and in your model is food usually uncovered, covered in that price?
3: Yes. With uh, residential assisted living, it's typically one price and it covers everything. So it covers the food, the housekeeping, everything that they need, unless they need something very personal, a uh, very special kind of food or incontinence products or something like that. Everything is included unlike a big box facility. And I don't want to name names like Brookdale or Sunrise or Altria. <laughs> But a big box facility where they come in and they say, hey, our base rate is three thousand dollars. Come on in. And then they have literally a menu and they ask questions of the family saying, well, would mom like to eat? It's like, well, of course she would. Well, how how often? Well, three times a day. Okay, meal plan C. And they go through a list of questions. And before you know it, the three thousand base rate when you add it all up could be double that on a monthly basis of what they're paying. If mom needs medication management, she's got food, she's got bathing, she's got, she needs transportation from the bedroom to the dining hall. So by the time you're done, your 3000 turns into 6000 versus the residential assisted living where we typically price it. One price covers everything. Maybe a few things you need a haircut that's added on.
1: That's absolutely crazy. Like I I really had no idea it was quite so extensive.
2: (laughs) I can't imagine. I feel like, I'll, our parents <laughs> can just live with
3: that. <laughs> think about that, Kitty. If they did, your life, you, I want to really think this through because I can sense you're probably younger than I am. I'm 57. We don't need to get into ages, but. <laughs> Slightly,
2: only like a day or two.
3: A day or two. So <laughs> what you think about <laughs> when you think about a parent and you, we love our parents, we're going to do whatever it takes. But to be their caregiver? Whoa, I wasn't designed that way. So we're going to hire somebody to take care of them or move them into one of these homes. And that is expensive because the other choice would be, all right, Katie, give up your life, give up the job, stay with them all day, all night. And I don't know about you, but I'm not designed to do that. I love them dearly. I'll do whatever it takes. But that concept of being the caregiver, that's what we relieve people from. Bring them to our home. We will take care of them 24-7. You can now come and visit, be the daughter, be the granddaughter, be the grandson, but not the caregiver.
1: So at least you're getting something out of it at the end of the day. You're going to own the property as such.
3: Well, if you, our business model is this, we teach you how to find the right location. Location is key. We want to be in the right demographic area and then the right house, because we can use any house or we could scrape it away and build a new one. But once we do this, I want you to think about what we just said, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 per month. Imagine having a home where there's 10 people who are living in that home and they're each paying you $5,000 a month. That's $50,000 a month. Now, that 50000 is not all profit. We need to hire the caregivers, pay the mortgage, provide food, and so on. But out of that, if we could net 10000 or 15000 or even 20000 net per month, that's the business of residential assisted living. That's what I teach people how to do.
1: That sounds like a good business model to me.
2: And that <laughs> is very creative. But uh, okay. <laughs> bouncing back real quick, what is a common struggle that you see families making um, when they're having to go through these decisions, because either way, when you see your, your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle getting older and, and needing that kind of help, it's upsetting to see them that way. And, and they don't know what is the right answer. What struggles do you see the most?
3: Yeah. The biggest thing is that this is an event driven business. And what I mean by that is nobody checks into assisted living because it's a fun place to be or a fun place to go. This is an event driven business. So somebody maybe fell. They, they, they fell at night on their way to the bathroom and they're, they're 80 years old and uh, the daughter comes over and and finds mom and says, oh my goodness, and brings her to the hospital and they take an x-ray and thank goodness she's okay. No broken bones. She's okay. But now the caseworker at the hospital says, you know, mom may fall again. She may need some help. Are you able to stay with her tonight and every night and take care of her and be her caregiver? And those questions now hit you like a ton of bricks. So now that daughter comes home and they have a meeting with the other siblings, brothers and sisters sit around and say, what are we going to do? How are we going to take care? And at some point, somebody takes charge and we call that daughter, Judy. It's usually a family member who is now taking responsibility for the care and the responsibility and the decisions that mom maybe can't make on her own. And at that point, They make that decision. Do I take care or do we hire somebody to come in or do we bring mom to someplace? And that whole process that I just described could happen in a in a blink of an eye, a few days or a week. And that decision needs to be made. Where do I go? Then we get to how do we pay for it? And if there is assets, whether it, be a, whether it be income or IRAs or a house that's paid off, that gets liquidated and they start to use that. So those are the challenges and the, the decisions come in once again, who's gonna pay for it and that's my inheritance and all of those challenges come in and yet it could all easily be avoided if they had their own home. Imagine if they own that home and they just say, well, yeah, let's move mom right into the master bedroom and we can do it for free. I can do that with mom, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. By the way, I keep saying mom, 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 because women tend to outlive men. Uh, That's the reality. But men live in these homes, too. It's perfectly fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what kind of resources do you provide to people that are interested in setting something like this up?
3: We do a training and the training itself can be online. And the home study course is phenomenal. I I was just doing an interview with one of my students that did the home study course. And he's got four of these homes up and running in 13 months. I'm so proud of him. But most people come out to a live training. And at the live training, it's an immersion class. And in three days, I walk you through everything you need to know exactly how to do it. And the reason why we do the class in Arizona is we come and you see my homes. So I teach the class. I got a staff of 12. Half of them are there. But we get in the bus, we go see the homes and walk through it. You touch it, you feel it, you smell it, and it smells good. You meet the managers, Mm -hmm. the caregivers, and walk through. And it's it's a great experience. And by the end of the second day of that three-day training, people have an aha moment. I now know what he's talking about. It's a home. These people are living in a home and there's money to be made. And there's a service. We call it do good and do well. We can do really good and help a lot of people and make a lot of money along the way.
1: So how does your pricing structure work? You obviously provide a lot of educational material, but it's obviously up to the individual to take the next steps with the property. But like, what exactly do you guys offer? Do you have like a course exactly or how do you sort of get your cut?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, number one, we do, uh, I own and operate homes. That's part of what I do. I've got my companies for that. In addition to that, we also have a company if somebody just wants to invest in this, that's called Family Legacy Homes. But really what I focus on, what we're talking about is the Residential Assisted Living Academy. That's the education part where we teach you how. So my goal has always been to teach somebody how to do it themselves. At the end of the training, if they want help consulting, business plan, all the way to having me on your board of advisors, that is available to somebody as well. But I want them to come and learn and and do it. But if they want help or want to do it faster, we're there for them as well.
1: Chinas, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link ground. Chainers, if you're looking for other ways to make money with property, why don't you consider renting your own place out on Airbnb? Katie's got an awesome course that's coming out very shortly called Hosting Your Pad. You can check out the website, hostingyourpad.com, and sign up for the waiting list. The course has got loads of video tutorials, great tips on how to decorate your home and get ready for your first guests. That's
3: hostingyourpad.com.
2: All right, Jean. So why do you think people struggle at achieving their dream?
3: why do people struggle? Because they don't have dreams. I'm amazed at how many adults don't have a goal list. They don't have it written down. They forgot how to dream. You know, you ask somebody, what do you really want? A lot of, oh, I want financial freedom. And it's not that at all. It's not the money. It's, They want something, but what is it? And usually it's freedom, freedom of time. The money just provides you the time to have the choices to do what you want, where you want, when you want. So I think the short answer is people don't even have dreams anymore. And I challenge you to just sit under a tree with a pad of paper with no cell phone and just mind dump. What do you want? What do you really want to do and accomplish? See what comes out.
2: I agree because a lot of times people are like, I want to be a millionaire. And then they go and they spend like $300 on a haircut and then they go out to happy hour right after. And yeah. it's just like you're not going to become a millionaire with your like regular job at spending money like that.
1: I think people also get sucked into daily life and they lose track of where they're going and they just are trying to keep above water as such.
3: Yeah. yeah, you know, Robert Kiyosaki in his book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, I've gotten to know Robert over the last couple of years in regards to senior housing. He's 70 years old, I'm gonna be at his birthday party in about a month from now, 71 this year, so I'm not disclosing anything, it's, <laughs> you can do that yourself. But Robert's whole thing is about getting out of the rat race, you know, off that hamster wheel. And whether you're a doctor, a teacher, a real estate investor, if you're not financially free, if there's not that money flowing in and whatever it takes for you, whether it's 5,000, 10,000, or 25,000 a month, If it's not flowing in, regardless of whether you work, you're not free yet. And the question is, what can you change? What can you adjust in your life in order to get that? And once you really have your dream, have your goal and have your why, why do you want what you want? You're now going to know what to do and you're going to be strong enough in your conviction to make it happen. And then you're going to do it.
1: Do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend?
3: You know, I'm not I'll be frank. I'm not a big book reader. I, I read the first chapter and go, this is great. And then I never get back. But there are lots of books and I love Cliff Notes. So there's a book called The One Thing. And the one thing, the whole premise of the book is what's the one thing that you can do right now that makes things easier or unnecessary for you to do them? I think it's a brilliant concept precept right there. That one thing, identify that, do it. Then you can move to the next one.
2: Do you have a favorite quote?
3: Boy, you know, there's a quote, what comes to my mind is Les Brown of a motivational speaker. And he says, it's better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than it is to have an opportunity and not be prepared.
1: Gene, we've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll
3: say goodbye. Uh, I just want to encourage everybody, if you really want to do something more than just make money and just, you know, exist and be on that wheel, do something that you believe in. Really focus on what you want, what you want to do and have and give and share and do it. You'll be the best at it. And if you happen to want to learn more about residential assisted living, come to our website. We've got lots of things there. It's real simple. RALacademy.com so residential assisted living academy we've got videos and you can sign up i've even got a six seven part training that you can get for free but just go there check it out love to share more with you about this if you're interested
1: chen as we been hanging out with gene guarino the founder of residential assisted living academy you can check out their website at ralacademy.com and decide what you're going to do later on in life whether it's for you your parents your loved one you always need to have a plan Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. If you'd like to continue the conversation, hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag chainofwealth. We'll read all comments, and who knows, you may even get a mention on a future show. Catch you on the flip side.